I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Very much so. Hi, and welcome to episode 11 of Hey Brew, the podcast about beer and storytelling. Each episode, one of us brings a beer and a uh, tangentially related story, and they try and connect the two. My name is Elliot. And I'm Mike. Mike, uh, how's it going? You doing well? Yeah, doing all right. Um, you and I and our mutual friend TJ went out to uh, the Bodrigi Brewery uh, yesterday. Yeah, which has been threatening to open for about three years now, and, and it's finally open. It's been open, what, all of three weeks? Yeah, and it's fucking banging. Yeah, I'm into it. It's like a, what are they, converted like an old warehouse or something? Yeah, like I guess. a giant shed, essentially. It, <laughs> it looks shit on the outside, yeah. and then when you go inside, it's fucking lovely. Yeah, like you wouldn't know it's been open three weeks, because like they've got their name, obviously, on the outside, but it's the paint almost looks like it's already weathered away. Yeah, I'm 90% oh. certain that they painted that up there when they first said they were going to open. Yeah, probably. And then it's just taken this long. Because I went past it a few weeks ago, mm. before it was open. Maybe just before. Mm. And I looked inside and it was still just a dusty, empty warehouse, basically. Yeah. So they're in, uh, what, Abbotsford uh, here in Melbourne. Um, yeah. They've been sort of based in that area previously, right? Or were they... I, I, I believe that the brewery's always kind of in there. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like inside, it's it's big, it's spacious. They got decent heating in there. Um, mm. They got what... They had a bunch of plants. They had like wood paneling and stuff. It looked Good like a bank. Food. Yeah. The, it's all like Mexican food. Yeah. We had some good sandwiches. Yeah, that what were they? El Cubanos. Mm. Uh, well, they were good, and we had some great beers. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Having only had like one of their beers prior to yesterday. Yeah, and uh, the ones that I've had, I've been um, satisfied, but not enamored with. And then in in the brewery, I, I don't know, maybe it's partly atmosphere, or whatever, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they were they were great yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah, it was really cool. Um, mm. That's us in beer week, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, there's quite a lot going on in beer week, beer at the moment in Melbourne. There's a lot of places opening up as we've already sort of established. So, mm. pretty exciting time. Yeah. Speaking of beers, mm. uh, this week we have got Chur Brewing Company, also known in New Zealand as Behemoth Brewing Company. We've recently discovered because it turns out there's a Behemoth beer made by Kaiju, so they changed the name to Chur in Australia. Yeah. Which is a supremely New Zealand word. If you're not mm. in Australia or a Kiwi, Chur doesn't mean anything to you. No, it's it's basically just like. It's kind of like, you know, just saying cheers or thanks on the end of anything. It's like, oh, cheer. Yeah, it's, it's just like a really pleasant kind of thing. I feel like it's just it's just the Kiwi-accented cheers. Yeah, it probably started that way, and then they just like started chopping letters off. Mm. It's very <laughs> it's very strange. It it And the, I would say the the use of cheer mm. is quite nuanced. Yeah, it's, it's fairly regional too. Like where I grew up, it wasn't super prevalent. Mm. Um because the South Island's pretty white dominant, to be fair. Um, okay, so yeah. And the, so like you go into uh, different parts of New Zealand where maybe there's a larger Maori population, mm. like it's a bit more prevalent in sort of those areas, but anyone in New Zealand has heard and said that word before, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think I think also you wouldn't... The, the bit that struck me was that you don't just say it in place of cheers. It like it can be fit into quite a few different... Oh, yeah, sentences. yeah. It's got plenty of uses. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's yeah. like the Philly John, which I'm obsessed with. John. John is J-A-W-N. Also, yeah. there's a fucking great beer by Nishemanik Creek or Nishemanik. I never know how to pronounce that. Um, <laughs> called John, which is juicy ale with nugget, and it's probably my Ooh, favorite... Wait, nugget or nougat? Nugget. Oh. Uh, it's a type of hop. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it might be nougat. And also, nougat. You uncultured swine. Sure. Um, you knew what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Fondant. <laughs> um, fondant. <laughs> Jeez. What's the beer? All we've talked about is the brewery. All right, name. so okay, so so this this uh this beer I haven't actually explained what John is. I'm sorry, I just had to quickly oh. finish that. John is a Philly word, um 
it's also kind of a filler word that you could probably equivalent um, word would be thing or thingy or thingo in Australia. Oh. So like, oh, can you pass me that John? Or are you going to that John tonight? Or oh like, boy. Um, oh, where's the John? Like, okay. Oh, give me some of that John. Like, right. It's it's an unusual one, but I love it. I think it's yeah. a really fun word. I'm just like trying to think of all the different ways you could use that. And it's a very specific it's, it's Philly still, slang as yeah. well. It's not okay. even Pennsylvania, I don't think. I think it's just Philly. Yeah, right. Anyway, John Bear, great also. Mm. That's my mate Rigger showed me that and I think every day about asking him to send me a six pack but it yeah. seems like an expensive way to get beer yeah <laughs> speaking so this, of beer this beer uh, so we've got Chur slash Behemoth Brewing Company's Party Time Excellent IPA mm. which I am super super stoked about to be honest with you because mm. I've never had any of their beer but also it's a reference to Wayne's World which is in my mind the greatest comedy movie ever written and probably one of the top five movies of all time yeah okay I, I have definitely seen it it's been a while um so I, I wouldn't be able to sit here and quote it back to you right now. That's fine, because I feel like that would be bad podcasting anyway. Yes, Us just quoting something else. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I'll say, like having we had... We quote The Simpsons all the time. Yeah, what am I do. on about? Yeah. Um, having had a couple of Cheers beers before, they their artwork tends to have these kind of like cartoon monsters on the, on mm. the, um, on the cans and that. Um, this has that also, but they are these basically green guys with giant teeth and they look like wayne and garth from wayne's world and one of them's holding a, t- a guitar it's pretty pretty mad yeah um so i'm, pr- I'm pretty excited to to get into it um we're going to be talking a little bit about today so I, when i first discovered this bit so one of my things is that we've got a big list of topics that we'll talk about yeah. right we've got a huge list of potential beers and potential topics mm-hmm. and i was like mm, i don't want to dip into that i feel like that's a pretty good like rainy day fund okay so i went to the beer shop on chapel street which i seem for some reason thought i had a better selection than it actually does maybe you need to find a better shop it's not even the one i usually go to honestly oh. i was just you were in just the area and yeah. felt like it um so i dropped in and i was looking through the beers and i saw this and i was like well that's a cool looking beer what can i talk about i was like can i talk about saturday night live i was like well that would be kind of interesting, but I've never actually seen Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You'd so, probably miss a lot of the important stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I thought I'd talk about Lorne Michaels. I'm like, well, I don't know anything about him, so no. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a great place to start. No. Um, and I thought, could I talk about Wayne's World? Like, Maybe. Thinking about it, actually. Yeah, I, I really could have done it. It's a really yeah, great movie. It's but, a pretty narrow focus, though. Yeah. So what instead... I'm going to talk about is something else that I know nothing about at all, but that Wayne and Garth love, which is uh, hair metal. Yes. Um, we're going to be talking about glam metal today. Oh, yes. We're going to be talking mostly about the uh, the, the, the sort of um, Sunset Strip era yeah. uh, glam metal of the likes of uh, Motley Crue, mm-hmm. Poison, Rat, mm-hmm. Quiet Riot, which is a genre of music that I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't know or care about and I don't like. And then in researching this i was like sat in bed yesterday morning i was very very like pastoral scene i was sat in bed with my dressing gown on tapping away listening to bing crosby (laughs) and i was like hmm this is great and i was like this is not working this music needs Mm -hmm. the the research needs to have the right soundtrack yeah to get get in the headspace yeah and and like i said do do some hard drugs well this is it i took a big big old bump of coke and did some heroin to level out um (laughs) And then I was like, well, I should probably put some of the music on. So I put on uh, what's considered to be one of Motley Crue's like, finest albums called Dr. Feelgood. Mm. Fuck, it's good. Yeah. Like, I didn't think I'd be into this, but like, yeah. Like, you, you know exactly what you're getting. It's just yeah. fun, 
fucking yeah i don't know what to say it's, it's hair metal like yeah. it's just fun it's like it's just, yeah, squealing guitars big and, noises everything's turned all the way up to 11 yeah in, in, to, to quote spinal tap a yeah. movie about a hair metal band yeah oh well, i guess they're like a heavy rock band i don't fucking know anyway Somewhere in the middle but yeah so uh we're gonna talk about hair metal and we're gonna drink uh party time excellent let's get into it yeah once again, I've managed to ruin my life by having a 7.2% alcohol, alcohol drink mm-hmm. in a 440 can, so. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get dinner sometime. Yeah, I just had a really good uh, chicken and waffles, to be fair. Ooh. Oh, you had chicken and waffles? Yeah, man. It was Korean-inspired. Oh. It had kimchi slaw, which is the best thing ever. Feel black, you say? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, there was a nice Kiwi man who was uh, serving. He was like chatting to me. Because I really want you to breakfast burrito. Mm. I just thought about it this morning and I was like, I need one of those in my life right now. Yeah. And he was like, uh, oh, are you British? I was like, yeah. Like, he didn't talk like that necessarily. <laughs> I was say, oh. that's very on the nose. Yeah, it was a bit. Sorry, he was like, <clears throat> excuse me, are you British? No. Was uh, he I, British? No, he wasn't. He was a Kiwi. He was like, oh, are you British? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, you played rugby back in the day? I was like, no. Like, that's a very pointed question. Like, I'm not, what? Where did that come from? Like, I'm wearing an American football jersey, so maybe yeah. he saw that and thought, big rugby. Sh- big shoulders, big legs, I don't know. Yeah, I'm also jacked. Like, maybe it's that. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. So I, my reply was just, like, to point at my face. I was like, no, I'm just always this ugly. Like, oh, which good. I thought was quite that's, good. That's a good response. Um, but I don't know if it, like, sailed over his head because he just sort of nodded and walked away. And I was like, maybe he just agrees. He, just, he was just thinking, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you are. You've definitely got a face that looks like it's been mashed. Oh, you, got, very... you got a face for podcasting. Yeah, thank, thank Christ. <laughs> there is actually no evidence of what we look like. Oh, no, that's not true. We have a video, and I was just about to say the photos don't show us, but they actually all do. What the hell am I talking about? I don't know. Maybe we, cut we, that. Should we drink this beer? All right. <laughs> I'm not going to cut it. So you, you you drink, and I'll talk about what it looks like. Yeah. It is a lightly sparkling sort of... Um, it's very, uh, very translucent. Mm, it really is. It's incredibly clear. Um, like, I can read through it. It's um, uh, quite a sort of... Dark, um, no, it's not actually. I was gonna say like a darky gold, but um, I don't yeah, know. dark gold, it, light brown, sort yeah, of, sort of color, something it's, in the middle there. It's not quite the color of Iron Brew, if anyone. Oh, I've had that. Iron it's, been, great. it's been a long time, but I have had it. Scott's claim it is the best hangover cure. I have heard that about mm. it. I have not tried that. It was more someone handed it to me and went, You should try this, and I was like, Oh, yeah, it's all right. It's, it's pretty banging. Yeah. You can get um, Iron Brew sweets in the UK, they're mm. like really chewy, like um sugary sweets but they taste like iron brew and they're brilliant okay all right this probably won't taste like iron brew let me find out why don't you talk about what you're tasting while i drink mm. it um yeah it's it's nice and light um not really getting much of the alcohol Mm-mm. uh it is definitely there um yeah it's not burning but it's definitely boozy yes um mm. i'm enjoying it it's pretty pleasant it's not um it's not like a big smack you in the face but it's yeah, pretty hoppy i'm trying to yeah, trying to think of the, the actual flavors themselves. Um, it's it's a little kind of like floral and fruity, but not yeah. not all the way down the road of like a Nipah or something like that. No, because in recent weeks we've done some some fairly like fruity mad mm. beers, especially last week yeah. um, when we did the like the breakfast. Uh, yeah. The, the, what was it called? The naked brunch. Naked brunch. That's yeah. it. I was going to say breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tinny's. Well, we need to make a beer, um, <laughs> and I guess can it? Yeah, um, yeah. So, so it's it, it's certainly not that kind of hops, but it, it is pretty um, pretty hoppy and pretty floral, and it's like a little bit mm. of earthy sort of undertones. And the biscuit's pretty nice. Yeah, okay. malt. yeah. There is a bit of that in there. Yeah, I don't think this is um, 
This is not one of those beers that's... I'll tell you what it tastes like, actually. Mm. You know when you have a double IPA and it's really, like, full on? Yeah. It tastes like that, but, like, just slightly toned down, which I know is, like, that's what an IPA is. But it tastes. It yeah. does really taste like a, a like but, a, but a it, kind of big American IPA. But it's like, yeah, now that you've got, like, double IPAs, triple IPAs, etc., mm. like, there's so much, uh, I guess, variety within just an IPA mm. because you can get stuff that's, like, pretty easy to drink, not all that kind of punchy hoppy flavor yeah and you get stuff like this which is like almost creeping up into a double ipa yeah i mean it's it's not shy of um mm. the right percentage yeah and it also just occurred to me the sort of irony of um i guess that's not ironic but the the the, the yeah significance let's okay. go with that i couldn't think of the word um <laughs> the significance of us sort of going like oh it's quite boozy it's quite heavy at 7.2 percent yeah stuff. and what i'm about to sort of talk about the unbelievable excess. Excuse me. Yep. <laughs> the, the, the unbelievable excess and decadence of oh, yeah. the, the the people that we're about to discuss. Yeah, I read uh, Slash's biography, autobiography. I can't remember which it was. How is it? Um, it's it's a lot of just like anecdotes about the excess that they all sort of went to in their lives. Like he, he went through a whole bunch of shit. Obviously, um, yeah, I think pretty he well known. Pretty troubled youth, didn't he, and stuff uh, like that. Sort of like his parents were kind of in that music scene, and he was exposed to a lot of those sort of musicians and stuff mm. pretty early on. Not um, what we call a healthy upbringing necessarily. Uh, it, I don't know the way it's written. It didn't sound like all doom and gloom. Oh no, um, I don't mean that. that. No, no, Just, no. But you know. um, yeah, like it, it had a bit in there about the amount of like Jack Daniels they would drink in a day and that sort of stuff. Oh. Uh, yeah, quietly. I love Jack Daniels. Yeah, I really do. I, I it's such a the basic I whiskey. Yeah, um, I like to buy a bottle of it sometimes, and it's a. It, if I'm really partying, I'll buy a bottle of it because I can drink Jack Daniels neat from the bottle quite happily. Really? Yeah, I apologize, liver. Um, yeah, I was gonna say you must feel like shit the next day. Yeah, but I feel like a baller when I'm doing it. Yeah. No, I don't. Like actually, I just feel like the fucking <laughs> biggest country rock mess. Yeah, you it's feel, so good. Feel like you gargled an ashtray. Yeah, sick. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, with that in mind, let's, uh, let's, let's dig into the story a little yeah. bit. So, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna um, acknowledge sources, which Ooh. we don't do very often. But I've got a couple here, so okay. I want to acknowledge them. You've done some real research. Uh, so, <laughs> Wikipedia's still a big source for me, obviously. Yeah, well, Wikipedia is kind of like a literature review. You know, it really it's, is. It's an amalgamation of other sources. To be perfectly honest with you, people that are like, "Well, that's on Wikipedia. It's not real. It doesn't count. Anyone can change Wikipedia." Fuck you. But also, answer. that's the point. It's peer-reviewed. Yes. It's just some are better than others. <laughs> For example, the thing about the Flying Dutchman being a portent of raves, probably mm. not reviewed by any peers. Or maybe they were like, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll let it slide. Mm. <laughs> All right, so the sources today uh, are a, an article in Rolling Stone okay. called uh, Decade of Decadence, which is fun to say. Yeah. A timeline of the 80s sunset strip. Oh, boy cards on the table it's heavily lifted from that to be honest with That's you fine with me um it's also influenced uh, excuse me uh one of the other sources was um disgraceland podcast which is great okay. That's and a good name it's a really good podcast um season one and two better than season three in my opinion which is okay. kind of a shame because i was really waiting for season three it came out in february this year and i was sure. really into it i listened to the johnny cash one on the way here this morning um, but Disgraceland episode, Motley Crue, sex, drugs, and holy shit, how are these dudes still alive? Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. It's like anytime you hear about Keith Richards, you're like, surely he's dead. No. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. Well, he's preserving just, himself while he's still alive. Yeah, he's just an animate corpse at this point, <laughs> but fair play to him. Yeah. Um, as I was reading this, there was actually a big picture of Keith Richards on the 
like on the side of the Rolling Stone thing because they had an, uh, an interview with him or something. So mm-hmm. he was fresh in my mind. Okay. Um, okay, cool. So uh, glam metal. Well, I'm going to probably call it hair metal quite a bit because... Glam metal to me, like I'm somewhat familiar with the the genres and the and the themes and stuff. It feels like a like uh, an extension of hair metal. So in, in a way, the thing is, hair metal is glam metal. It's a pejorative term that people were giving it when they were kind oh, of right. like taking the piss out of it. So hair metal is not um, widely appreciated by oh, people in the genre. Really? So glam metal is actually preferred. So glam metal is the genre. Yeah, right. Hair metal is. I thought it was the other way around. No, no. Hair metal is just what other people called it to take the piss. Because glam metal almost sounds like the pejorative term now. Well, it it, it came know. from the glam rock era. So yeah, it was a of spin-off course. of glam rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it was sort of mid-80s through to the early 90s was the heyday. Yeah. Um, and it was heavily influenced, as I say, by glam rock. So the likes of Bowie, T-Rex, even stuff like yeah, Kiss. big hair, lots of makeup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, there were certain elements of it that um, sort of really carried over as well. Things like androgyny and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and it was, it was almost entirely in the US. I mean, there was a couple of bands like Def Leppard out of the UK, but most of it yeah. was in the US. And it was very specifically centered around Sunset Strip in LA, mm-hmm. which is sort of strange that you have this one, one street, which is the home mm-hmm. of an entire genre of music. Like we always think about Seattle as being the home of grunge because of yeah. Nirvana. Yeah. But I, I mean, I also think like, there, I mean, there were other bands at the same time. It wasn't yeah. Just Nirvana. But I think, um, shit, what was Chris Cornell's band called? Soundgarden. Soundgarden. I was, I yeah. was really having Audio a- Audio slave. Yeah. No, I was having Soundgarden. a big old brain fart there. <laughs> and I was like, uh, um, yeah, I think they might have been from Seattle as well. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so Seattle was the grunge. Anyway. It's basically a bunch of musicians all in the same place, hanging out together, playing the same kind of music. Yeah. It kind of like, it's a feedback cycle on itself. Yeah, absolutely. But this was super localized yeah. to one yeah. street, which is kind of <laughs> mad. Um, so some of the big names, which I've already sort of mentioned, Motley Crue, Quiet Riot, Rat, Def Leppard, uh, Bon Jovi, who is a perennial Australian favorite. People love Bon Jovi Dude, here. white people love Bon Jovi. It's not just here. He's not that big in the UK. Oh, I don't think he's not that big in the UK, no. Okay. People in Australia love Bon Jovi Uh, and love uh, uh, fucking Guns N' Roses. Yeah, New Zealand Zealand too, to be fair. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, I don't... don't There's four good Guns N' Roses songs, for the record. Yeah, they're these big, like, anthem choruses. Like, everybody just knows the words at this point. Yeah. And they're they're, they're kind of fun when everybody's been drinking a sing-along, too. I I will admit, I've done it in the past. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For the record, by the way, I didn't know until yesterday that uh, Guns N' Roses was a combination of two bands called L.A. Guns and Hollywood Roses. Uh, Yeah, that came up in the Slash book that I read. Fantastic. Oh, I hope so as well, because my name is his band. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so so musically, uh, glam metal sort of combines traditional heavy metal um, with elements of hard rock and punk. Mm. So... Uh, tons and tons of like shredding guitar solos. Mm-hmm. Um, extensive harmony usage apparently is quite a big thing. Vocal or guitar harmonies? Uh, vocal. Um, especially mm-hmm. in the power ballads, which sort of oh, came yeah. to define the yeah. scene a little bit. It, it, the first real power ballad of it was um, uh, Every Rose Has Its Thorn, oh, which, yeah. which everyone knows is a pretty yeah. decent song. Yeah. Um, as, I'm not going to make a Simpsons reference, but I was about to... Anyway. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, a pretty decent song. And that actually cemented the power ballad as being part of the genre. And people were something like, oh, well, we can do like the emotional side of things yeah, as well. It's like, uh, oh, I think it was maybe last year, I went to see here in Melbourne, Extreme and Mr. Big in one show, which are like a couple of bands that were sort of adjacent to this sort of music, mm-hmm. but like big in the 80s and the 90s. Um, Extreme, you'll know for the song More Than Words is their big ballad. I'm sure I will. Yeah. 
Um, but that was like their one big ballad that everybody knows them for. But outside of that, fucking wicked hard rock band. And yeah. they've got a lot of really good music. But it's just like everybody's got big on this on this one ballad, which I've always find really funny. It's like if you just dig a little deeper, you'll you'll find some really cool stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Same thing with Mr. Big. They did the song uh, "To Be With You." I don't know any of these no, songs, man. You, <laughs> like, no, you you will know them. You just yeah, don't know them I'm by sure. name. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so, I mean, aesthetics was a huge part of the scene, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it wasn't that dissimilar from glam rock, realistically. As I sort of said, androgyny a really big part of it. Um, very long backcombed hair, so that. I mean, the hair metal bit came from the fact they all had ginormous and long hair. Yeah. Um, one of the things I found really funny was extensive use of hairspray was mentioned as part of the aesthetic. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty that, accurate. That's how you get that look. Yeah. Um, makeup, uh, gaudy clothing and accessories. Like so a, Like a lot of leather and tight clothing is kind of what I'm picturing. So, so I've got it, tight denim or leather jeans, spandex, yep. headbands. Yep. Which, as we sort of established in the pub yesterday... If you are a tall, skinny guy with long hair, is still a fucking look. Oh yeah, like you can't be my shape and do it. You, you like you look like, or, or you can have like a beer belly and do it. Yeah, and yeah. you can be looking like a roadie for your entire life, yeah, which yeah, I'm yeah. kind of also into yeah, as a yeah. look. But um, if you're a tall, skinny guy, and you're got long hair, and you decide to go with like the tight jeans and spandex and headbands and shit like that, yeah, still a power look. Yeah, I feel I'm like into it. neither of us look old enough to make it look like we were in the scene back in the day if we were to try pull it off now, because neither of us have that build. No. But but you can imagine someone who was still just wants to keep the dream alive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I even see, like, the other thing I said to you yesterday is, like, I see people online that have that kind of aesthetic and they're, like, mm. in their mid-20s, and I'm like, that's still pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I would say... It's, I never thought I'd hear myself saying that. Well, I would, cool. I would say it's, like, compared to the time, it's toned down a touch. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a that. lot of like black clothing as opposed to like a lot of the colors and stuff that they were using around the time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this era also gave rise to, um, from my understanding, it's like the, the like what are called cuts now, like K U T T E, like the the metal vest, like uh, what are they? What's the other one? They might be called battle vests and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. So like, it's like a sleeveless jacket with like band patches and stuff on. Oh, it. right. Yeah, so apparently that's kind of was influenced or came out of this era. And yeah, stuff I would well. have thought that would have come out of the punk scene before then. I would have thought so too, but that's what I read. Okay, so I'm going to parrot that like it's true. Probably <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh God, that's how it happens. Yeah. Um. So, uh, as we said, this is like the end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s. So already a pretty um, degenerate and uh, decadent era. Mm. I mean, it was the Wall Street generation. Yeah, I was going to say like pretty conservative times. No, I was thinking the opposite. Like, right. I mean, it was it, youth culture was suddenly exploding out of nowhere. I was thinking more, was, more of the eighties than the nineties. Yeah, no, like yeah. even in that, at that point, like the the thing is, like we we went from having like you think about what what was like extreme in the sixties and seventies, and it was like the Beatles mm. and like the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones definitely. I mean, Mick Jagger certainly influenced like the but aesthetics. It, but here. it was also the time of like the like the free love movement and yeah. sexual liberation. Well, I was going to say, sort of like stuff. that was that side of things. And then but it, I would have expected like a swing back in the other direction. Well, a little bit, but the music, the music scenes have always been pushing oh, yeah, and yeah, pushing. Yeah. And this was like a big thing. And then you had things like club kids. Do you know what the club kids are? No. It was a big club scene in the in New York in the late 80s, early 90s. And it was um, sort of led by a guy. Um, I forget what the hell, I forget his name, but he, um, he murdered someone actually at like oh. the height of the sort of fame of the club kids and it all kind of imploded. Oh. Um, yeah, he, he killed him with a hammer and kept him in a box in his living room. What? 
for <laughs> far too long. What on yeah, earth? It was, his, um, it was his drug dealer. It was very strange. It was, wow. it was another young club kid. But club kids were like, this very extreme movement in the nightclub like, scene. I was going to say, you're talking nightclubs. Yeah, yeah. and they were, they were like, uh, a, lot, a lot of like drag acts and stuff came out of it. Sure. Um, but they did a lot of um, just very extreme stuff just for sort of shock and horror. Mm. Um, that was shock and awe and shock and horror put together there. And it came out as shock and horror. And I didn't mean it to. Oh. <laughs> um, but you also had things like grunge appearing, um, yeah. which was, again, like a pretty extreme sort of um, scene in a lot of ways. Not quite as much as the club kids. And then like the likes of Gigi Allen, who died around this time as well. Right. And uh, if you're not familiar with Gigi Allen, he is um, he was like the most punk human being in the world. Like he had lots of Nazi memorabilia because it was just like shocking he was oh, okay. Yeah, he was um he was notorious for like starting fights with the crowd at his own gigs. Okay. He would like sure. do a lot of stuff with his own blood, etc. He was he was an absolute monster. He died of a I think his heart basically exploded after a concert when he started a riot. He, he he had a gig, he started a riot at the end of it, and then the middle of the riot, his heart just gave out and he dropped dead in the street. Wow. Yeah, he was wild, man. His um his bands all had like mad names like Murder Fuck and stuff like that. Wow. That is not the name of one of his bands, but it's not that far off, he didn't, honestly. didn't quite get the Vinnie Jones turn into becoming like a successful actor or anything. No, he didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, also, nice reference into it. Thank you. Um, Vinnie Jones, very much the 90s version of The Rock. Ooh. Well, no, Vinnie Jones was more of an asshole before he became an actor. Vinnie Jones is an asshole now. Y- yeah, but he like, just happens to be an actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just thinking sports person turned hard man in movies. But then again, he was in two movies. Mm. So maybe not. Anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then the glam metal scene, realistically, was no exception to this whole sort of uh, decadence and stuff like that. Mm. Massive party scene, huge amounts of drink, drugs, casual sex, strippers, etc., etc. It was it was proper tabloid fodder. Mm. The newspapers loved it. Oh, yeah. Like they just lapped it up because it was, it was just created collar inches. Yeah, and they um, were like pretty open about everything too right oh they didn't give a fuck yeah it was pretty fucking cool like yeah. it was an absolute mess but it yeah. sounds like a wild time to be alive mm. um so the first real breakthrough album of this era was um quiet riots metal health um it wasn't their first album i think it was their third and it was but it was the first of the glam metal to go um number one on the billboard charts and that was 1983 so that was like beginning mid 80s you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it was really sort of starting to kick off in earnest at that point uh, it was the scene was really accused of being sort of massively style over substance by a lot of other music um, genres. I can and, see where they're coming from. Yeah, well, the, the thing is as well is that, as I say, at this time it was as this was like the Wall Street era and stuff. There was also a shitload of people that were just like trying to make a quick buck on anything. Yeah, and that's where kind of grunge came up as a as an answer to this. It was kind of a rebellion against a lot of the fakeness and the churning out of and the quick cash grabs and stuff like that. Grunge was a bit more, um, for want of a better word, like genuine. Mm. And that's where it sort of came out of. And then, but there was really like a lot of, um, a lot of god awful inept bands appearing throughout the years, and they were just stylized, right. but they were shit. Yeah. Um, and it was a scene with a lot of studios just churning out bands and albums for quick, quick land grabs yeah, and yeah, just yeah. making cash, and then like do one album, make money. People realize it's shit, sack the band off. See you later, boys. Yeah. You had your shot. Yeah. Right. It was it was a properly manufactured era of music. Mm. It was kind of crazy. This is also the time of MTV. So this is when MTV first sort of, well, was first sort of uh, yeah, released. They, they launched in launched, the 80s, right? Word, yeah, yeah absolutely. 80s. So this, this is like a brand new channel and it gave people suddenly an access to music visually that they would never have had before. Mm. Like Rolling Stone magazine didn't 
didn't have the immediacy of this, obviously. Because were were music videos a thing before MTV? Um, ooh, because because like MTV to me forms an association of like that's where music videos took off, but I don't know if they existed prior. That's a good question. I can't think where else they would have existed, but like yeah, because I know the UK had Top of the Pops, but I can't remember if that was like stretching back before then or yeah they had to look up for years and yeah. they had like the old grey whistle test and stuff but, like that, but that was a lot of like live performances yeah that's my understanding i don't know about the first music videos and stuff like that. i feel like it maybe did it definitely pretty wait yeah because there's queen videos and stuff like that from the 70s oh true um and also when did money for nothing oh i have no idea that's that's an older song i think that's, that's 80s yeah probably about mtv tone yeah i can't remember what it is i've read before what the first music video ever ever on TV was Money for Nothing has to be after MTV because there's literally lines in there about MTV yeah you're not wrong <laughs> I also don't know why I chose that it's just I think it's just because that's a mad video yeah it's fucking great yeah good song actually good, phew, amazing good song written about Motley Crue is it really yes wow so, apparently yes oh. um, also um, I can't remember the name Mark Knopfler is it from Mark Knopfler yeah yeah uh, yeah, he uses the word faggot over and over again. In he that. does. I don't like it doesn't it. age well. It doesn't age well at I'm all. I'm sure at the time, like, it might have been a poignant thing to throw in there and it might have had a point behind it. But No, he was. He didn't like Motley Crue. Oh. Yeah. It was, okay. No, it's actually just terrible then. Yeah. His, and now, you know, one of those things where it's like, at the time, probably not as much of a sting as these days, but it doesn't no, make it okay. No, it's still a derogatory term yeah. then. That's what I was saying. But they use the N-word all the time back then, Mark yeah, Twain. No. Like, it doesn't mean it's okay now. <laughs> no. Anyway, um, but yeah, so uh, MTV's launched and to MTV, like glam metal, they loved it as much as the tabloids did because they were just like, this is the perfect target for MTV. It's a very visual. Super visual. Uh, They were wild, good looking, very high energy performances Mm. and stuff like that. And then as I mentioned, sort of when um, Poison dropped, Every Rose Has Its Thorn, suddenly it was sensitive and marketable to outsiders Mm. who weren't keen on the depravity side of things as well like the excess and the depravity and the decadence was i'm going to use those words quite a bit just because that's a good way to describe it yeah like that was hugely popular with some people uh, but others were like turned off by it but then Mm. when people when they dropped every rose has it and all this you know like Mm. soft and uh fucking slow ballad and it sounds like a love story it's almost like a gateway drug because you'd be like oh i like the song yeah oh it's got a bit of a guitar solo that doesn't sound too bad what else have they got? Absolutely. Oh, God, what is this? Yeah, suddenly they could market it to all sorts of people. So, yeah, yeah MTV loved it. Um, and every <laughs> every glam music video is kind of the same. I thought you were just going to say Every Rose Has Its Thorn again. No, and <laughs> I, can, I can only apologize for um, for singing as well. I don't know how that's going to come out on, on, on track. We'll see. I might yeah. just bleep that. Um, <laughs> so uh, every, new, every music video is kind of the same as well. Um, no matter how big or popular the band was, the video mm. was them playing in an arena. Like oh, huge yeah. light shows, pyrotechnics, usually obligatory half-naked women, either mm. like riding around on a car, on top of a bar, on a speaker stack. Yep. Like it's, you automatically know what I'm talking about, even if you've not seen these videos. You like because it's a trope that's been kind of uh, had the, it's been pastiched. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a word. Parodied. Let's go with that. Parodied. It's yeah. been parodied so many times yeah. that like we're all kind of familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was that that was every single band, no matter if they played in arena yeah, or not. Yeah, it's like like current time bands, Steel Panther, are basically a 
parody of that entire genre that's happening yeah. now in 2019. Well, when the darkness been around first for came a few out. years, yeah, yeah. Well, the darkness, like, they're not trying to be a parody though. They're just trying to do that. No, there was, I mean, there was a little bit of parody to it because the songs were kind of funny in some ways. A little. Well, they were they were more like they were corny to a point where you weren't sure if they were taking the piss. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see the no, darkness live. Yeah. I think it'd be fucking fun ass. Yeah. But it's, it's the same. It's, like, I'd love to see some of these bands live. Yeah, it'd be great. It's fun music. Yeah. Um, it would have been so much better back in the day. Mm. Um. So yeah, uh, and um, everything, this kind of leads in everything in glam metal, everything was super sexualized. And mm. I'm going to just drop some song titles now to give you a, 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 an idea. Yeah. Um, so my, my personal uh, favorite uh, is Talk Dirty To Me by Poison. I think that's a great song. It's a good song. It's fucking brilliant. Um, Pour Some Sugar On Me. Oh, I love that. Great song. I lo- actually, that Def Leppard album fucking slaps. It's yeah. so good. Fair enough. Duly noted. Maybe I'll listen to it on my home. Mm. Um, uh, there was Come On, Feel The Noise, and Come was spelled C-U-M. It was. Um, yep. Noise okay. was spelled with a Z. I'm pretty sure that song showed up in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Hmm. Or it might have been something like it, but I'm, I, I know I've heard that in a few places before. Fair enough. Yeah. It's a good tune. Mm. Um, Hot For Teacher. Oh, Van Halen, yeah. <laughs> also a great song. Yeah. Um, Teasing, Pleasing. Um, I don't know that one. No, I didn't know that one either. <laughs> uh, and there's Wasp, a uh, song called Animal, brackets, Fuck Like A Beast close brackets great which is so on the nose and i actually because you'd be um, like that's a song called animal end of sentence no there's yeah. there's a parenthetical uh but actually i i really uh like wasp a little bit i'm gonna talk a little bit about wasp later okay i'm not super familiar with them i've heard of them, me neither but, but like you know i'll just i'll just talk about it now it's quicker wasp um their lead singer blackie i forget his surname um blackie Dawes or something like that okay uh he he was an absolute wild man. Like he was up there with Motley Crue for just like the antics and stuff like that. Mm. But he used to do stuff like um, fuck with his own blood on stage and stuff like that. Oh. He did he did a pretty cool thing. I'm pretty sure it was Wasp that did this where they, they said, if you come to the show and give a pint of blood in the in the uh, in the parking lot outside at the blood drive, oh. you get half price ticket to the show. Fuck. I thought you were gonna say if you just donate some blood. Yeah, okay, no. <laughs> um so it, it like did a blood drive, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But then it, my in my head it's then like loads of teenagers and mid twenties people uh all missing a pint of blood, mm. getting pissed at this show. Yep. Must have been a fucking riot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you go donate blood they tell you like you probably shouldn't drink after this, right? Yeah. Of course, everyone then goes to because it's a cheap date. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I, I get tattoos so frequently, I can't donate. I haven't been able to donate blood for years because you have to, you can't do it six months after a tattoo. I've never done it. I didn't do it in the UK before I left. And then mm. I've thought about doing it so many times since I came here. I'm not allowed to, being a POM, because I lived uh, in England during, during the time of CJD yeah. and um, BSE. You're uh, going to have to tell me what, what do they stand for? Uh, uh, what, was one of them CJD like, is some, it's like a name, a person's name, oh, I okay. believe. And then BSE is bovine spongiform encephalopathy. Is it foot and mouth? No, it's mad cow disease. That's the other one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Foot and mouth, we couldn't go to farms basically forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't even know what my blood type is. Anyway. Red. Yes. Cherry. <laughs> I know that much. Uh, yeah. So, so on top of all these like sick track names, uh, here's some lyrics for you. Oh, This boy. is from Warren's Cherry Pie, which oh. I think we'll all know. Yeah. Uh, she's my cherry pie. Good tune. Yeah. Uh, so I mixed up the batter and she licked the beater. Oh my god! Yeah, um, like I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure in the context they make a little more sense, but isolated like this, they're a little bit fucked. I mean, like the I me- think the thing is isolated. They're exactly what they are in the song. Well, no, but like <laughs> just- w- within the larger metaphor of a cherry pie, I could probably see where- what they were going for. But just like that, it's like 
What? Come on. They're, they're very much talking about his cock, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, from Alice Cooper's Poison, Your Mouth, So Hot, Your Web, I'm Caught. So I'm, I'm trying to make it real, I'm here, it's caught. Yeah. Um, your Skin, So Wet, Black Lace, On Sweat. Yeah, I, I know that song pretty Also, well. great song. Yeah. Um, bon Jovi's Let's Make It, Baby. So, oh. Turn Out the Lights, I'm Going Down Slowly. Don't Tell Me What's Right, Just Tell Me You Want Me. Wow. Yeah. Uh, people... Again, yeah. love Bon Jovi, and apparently he's and look, the world's sexiest man. Look, no danger of mixed messages there. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's very pro-consent. Like, the next line is just, nice shoes, wanna fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Motley Crue's 10 Seconds to Love, okay. touch my gun, but don't pull my trigger. What? Don't know what that means, but... It's like, hey, I'm down for edging. <laughs> <laughs> This is the episode that I don't want my mum to listen to, to be honest with you. Why? Because then she's going to have to either ask... No, just send her a link to Urban Dictionary. No. <laughs> she's in her 50s. It'll finish her. So, but uh, I think Brett Michaels said it best. Uh, he, The self-appointed glam slam king of noise... Uh, is that the, the actual title? Yes. That's incredible. Um, said that glam metal is about nothing but a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's... Uh, I think that's a really good sort of segue into saying that there is nobody, nobody more notorious for that than Motley Crue. So Motley Crue is who we're going to be kind of focusing on today good. for the most part. Um, they were iconic for their debauchery as well as their music, mm. hyper-sexualized lifestyle, and legendary partying. This is a big, big time period, sorry, big time period for defenestration, am I correct? <laughs> Just like 16th century Czechoslovakia. <laughs> it's a highbrow joke. <laughs> I'm really happy with it. <laughs> you just flex on your own jokes. And it's an audio medium, so it didn't even make any sense. Oh, oh Lord. Good. Okay. Um, so this, realistically, the Motley Crue story all sort of came to light in their 2001 book that they co-wrote with Neil Strauss. Um, that? So Neil Strauss, you may know as the writer of The Game. Um, where he sort of not infiltrated, but spent a year with hanging out with pickup artists. Oh mm. no, I don't know, but that oh. sounds fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of a notorious book. He he went into the world of the pickup artists mm. and wrote about it. He's he's a really sort of just like an undercover journalist sort of thing. Yeah, but he wasn't even that undercover. He was oh. pretty open about it, and oh. they're, they're pickup artists, so they're assholes. So they were too. Yeah, they're 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 pretty uh, pretty happy to brag about that shit. Yeah, they're monsters. Um, and uh, yeah, no, but he's mm. he's like um, kind of a. A serial writer of this kind of stuff. Like, he's really oh. interesting. He's a fascinating guy. Um, writes really well, but he wrote, co-wrote a book with Motley Crue mm -hmm. called The Dirt, Confession of the World's Most Notorious Rock Band. Wow. So, th this uh, this book has been recently made into a Netflix um, miniseries. Okay. Or No, it's a, it's a movie. It's just like a long-form documentary. Yeah, I was going to say, like, was it called The Dirt? I believe like, so, yeah. It rings a bell. Yeah. Uh, apparently it's quite good. Okay. My dad read The Dirt and he said it was a book he couldn't put down, but it turned his stomach. Oh. He finished it yeah, and he was yeah. like, that was like, he's like sweaty after finishing yeah. it. He was like, it's an absolute wild ride. They made my skin crawl. Yeah, it's fascinating, but now I need a shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the stuff Motley Crue got up to, which I'm barely going to touch on in this. Mm. Well, um, you should probably keep a reasonable distance. <clears throat> um, so the book um, somehow also inspired Motley Crue to write an album. So the book of their own lives inspired them to write, write an album. They were just like sitting there with the author just going, yeah, actually, we did do some fuck shit. Let's write some music about it. <laughs> yeah, clearly. 
Uh, the album was called uh, Saint of Los Angeles, released in 2008. Apparently quite good as well. Okay. Um, so a couple of things that, um, <laughs> that they did. Just, I think, quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikki Six once hammered a nail through a so-called poser's ear. Like like where you'd pierce it in the lobe? Or? Don't know. That's oh. all the information I got. Um, I mean, like, either, like, no matter where you do it, that's, that's no good. It's not, a, it's, not no. a, it's not a... That's not how you make friends. No. Um, when they were bored on tour, they would break bottles over each other's heads and see who could swallow the most broken glass. Great. Yep. The cornerstone of any nutritious diet. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Got to get that fiber, glass yeah. fiber. You got to keep your teeth sharp. <laughs> it's the crunching sound that I like. Yeah. <laughs> um, they used to, this is kind of horrible. Uh, Tommy Lee, who was the drummer, who mm. later went on to marry Pamela Anderson, famously, mm. um, and record a sex tape with her. Yeah, we all remember it. Um, he, he, when he was 17 and he used to play drums for the band, they would pimp him out for beer money and studio time. Amazing. 17. Yeah. Um, and at one point they bought a bribe. Blah, 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 blah. At one point, they bought a private jet. That was quite difficult to say. Uh, and they painted a dick and balls on the tail of the jet so that when they landed it somewhere, it looked like they were there to fuck the city. Now, when you say they painted, do you have any idea if they like spray painted it by hand or if they got like a professional fucking artist in to do it? I'm going to guarantee you, without knowing at all, it was spray painted by hand. That, that's my gut feeling. Yeah. Um, I don't I just, feel like they were like, hmm, must commission a dick and balls yeah, for this jet. they probably had a bit of money to throw around at this sort of bullshit. Well, they bought a private jet, so. Well, yeah. I, I think, I think it's, it's just funnier like, for them to do that and then use cheap on, like, on, car paint. On, on, on the like optional extras for the order for the jet. It's like, paint job. Yeah, can you put a phallus on this bitch? Because, mm. you know, a big, long, <laughs> hard sort of metal tube. Yeah, flying through the air isn't phallic enough. Hmm. Um, yeah, so, so they, were, they, were, they were a bit wild. We'll get mm-hmm. into a bit more of that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Sunset Strip itself, though. Mm-hmm. So Sunset Strip is downtown Los Angeles, and that and the surrounds were host to some of the legendary venues at the height of glam metal. Mm. So within one to three... So this is a quote from um, Stevie Rochelle from the band Tough. Mm-hmm. Within one to three square miles on a Friday or Saturday night, there were probably 50 to 75 bands playing. Wow. Which... That sounds cool. Yeah. Like, that's a mad scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Um, so the, the, there were some really, like, quite legendary places. Uh, you had the Rainbow, Whiskey, the Roxy, Gazari's Nightclub, and a place called Coconut Teaser, which I've included mostly because it made me think of Young Teaser, the ship from our Ghost Ships episode. Oh, yeah. Because it's spelt T-E-A-S-Z-E-R, which oh. is quite close to Young Teaser, the mm. SoundCloud rapper ship. Mm-hmm. Um, throw back to <laughs> I don't know whatever what it, the episode was know. called um, and then along with all these clubs you also had the houses so you had Motley House where Nikki Six, Tommy Lee and Vince Neil all lived mm-hmm. um, that sounds like a hell pit yeah basically their manager like bought it for them and it was a roach infested hellhole, and they all just moved in and made it worse presumably Yeah. Um, you had the Hyatt House uh, which is a Hyatt Hotel in Sunset Strip Hyatt House was also known as Riot House and um, basically each of these would have massive parties spilling out of them basically all hours of the day. Mm-hmm. And according to Vince Neil in the Dirt, uh, girls would arrive in shifts. One would be climbing out the window while another was coming in the door. So your what? defenestration thing was kind of prophetic there. Well, they weren't throwing them out the window. No. Um, but why weren't the girls just exiting through the door? It clearly, it clearly works. I don't know, man. But these guys were all, um, they were all fucking each other's girlfriends and wives and stuff oh. like that as well like they Doesn't... were all cheating on each other it was, it was a pretty like backstab you think of a fuck yeah. scene then no one no one cared it was yeah. it was mad um 
So I do want to discuss some of the more excessive moments in rock history mm. around the time. Um, it's going to be an episode which is a bit more than our standard PG rating. Obviously, we're normally <laughs> I mean, very family-friendly. We family always tick the box that says this episode it contains explicit content. Yeah, and also we drink through the episode. Yeah. So, it's yeah. either on or it's off. Yeah. So uh, quick disclaimer, sex, drugs, and rock and roll are all awesome. <laughs> I thought you were going to say sex, drugs, and rock and roll are all topics we're about to discuss as some kind of like actual warning. Here we are, but I just wanted to let everyone know. <laughs> I, I enjoy them. <laughs> Great. Um, My name's Elliot and I endorse this message. That's going to be my campaign slogan. Yeah. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They're great. Fucking banging. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Is that a tautology? Fucking banging? Yeah. Great. Another highbrow joke. Yeah. Um, okay, so as I've already established, heavily, heavily sexualized genre, but there was a lot more to it than just the lap dancers and groupies. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, one thing I think is quite interesting is the... It was a very sort of... Um, very male-dominated scene. There was a few female, uh, like, hair metal and glam metal bands. Okay. Um, there wasn't that many of them, and a lot of them were, like, f- fucking a lot of the guys in the scene as well, so they were all all just as, like, depraved as each other. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, sure. Um, but a lot of gender-bending um, antics, you know. Um, it, it was it's Androgyny and cross-dressing was a huge part of the scene, just as it was with glam and, mm. you know, Bowie-inspired and T-Rex, etc. Um, and so years before Guns N' Roses got together, um, Slash and Steven Adler... They both lived in LA and they regularly used to go to Rainbow Bar. Yeah. This is when they were pretty young. That one I've definitely heard of before. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I did just mention it, that's why. Well, even prior to that. <laughs> um, so they used to go there with fake IDs. And one particular evening, uh, it was ladies' night. And um, there was the longtime bounce on the door called Steady. And uh, he's not wasn't having any of it. It's he's a good like, name. He, he <laughs> yeah. Her bouncer, yeah, great name. Yeah. Uh, he allowed Stephen Adler in, um, but he sent uh, Slash away. He's like, mm-hmm. no, no, no chance, mate. So Slash went home and got gets like real, like good and plastered, uh, and then hatched a plan to get into the rainbow. So he like dressed as a woman. They sort of got these long black curly locks. So Stephen Adler just got in as normal. Yeah, I don't quite understand why either. Yeah. Um. So he said, uh, "My mum thought the plan was hilarious." She outfitted me with a skirt and fishnets, piled up my hair under a black beret, did my makeup. I looked like a rainbow chick. Wow. So he was like, <laughs> to go back in, and he was like, the plan was to go in there and get um, get Stephen Adler to, to hit on him, to try and seduce him. Oh, no. Like, in disguise. Because he's like, Adler hits on, like, every girl in sight. Yeah. So, guaranteed, if I just play my cards, like, he'll hit on me. Well, he's probably been drinking, so vision's impaired and whatnot. Yep. And yeah. also, Slash, you know, like I say, the androgyny, he's dressed like a woman. He's already got the long black hair. It's yeah. going to be dark in there. Anyway, got there. Stephen Adler had already left with some bird. So, he's just like, <laughs> he was like, that's disappointing, and just left. Wow. <laughs> so, like, wasn't even fussed for getting drunk or anything. Just wanted to go in. Just wanted to mess with his friend. Yeah. It's just like so good. Quite legendary. I'm quite into it. Um... So yeah, this is really cool. Um, so this is basically just going to be a series of anecdotes because they're Great. quite fun. Yeah. Um, so a little while later, Steve Percy uh, moves from San Diego Los Angeles, uh, to LA uh, with Mickey Rat, um, who later became known as Rat. And this is the, from the band Rat. Hmm. Um, I, I believe they were in another band at some point as well. I've not read that down. I feel quite silly, really. Um, but they became... Uh, one of the house bands at um, Kazari's, okay. which is the Kazari's nightclub. And 
Uh, that was actually on Sunset Boulevard, for the record. You know, I don't know why I'm telling you that. <laughs> Unimportant. Um, <laughs> I even got the address. Just keep going. I don't um, need to know that. So in his autobiography, Sex, Drugs, Rat and Roll, which is oh, quite a yeah. good name, to be honest, um, he said that uh, sex was so prevalent just as part of the scene that he saw so many people fucking on the lawn behind that club. Also, that club had a lawn. That's nice. Yeah. Um, Revs doesn't have a lawn. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> come out to the garden. Mm. You can see 20 people having sex. Well, he said they got, they got so so bored of it because he saw it so many times that he got so bored of watching that what he used to do is crush beers and then throw the cans at people while they were banging. Wow. <laughs> like, what a dick move. That's like, man, that's like if there's a couple of pigeons fucking on your roof and you're throwing cans at them. <laughs> <laughs> a wee bit. <laughs> Unnecessarily cruel. Um, Are you just trying to stop them and get them to leave? <laughs> okay, I always said like disclaimers, but new disclaimer: do not throw things at pigeons. Do not throw things at anyone. Okay, except for if you're yeah, playing no, some kind of sport. I can, uh, I'll, I'll co-sign that statement. Yeah, don't thanks. do it. It's just it's a funny image. Yeah. <laughs> um. So another another great uh, Motley Crew uh, anecdote: Nikki Six talking to LA Weekly in 2011. He said. Uh, did I tell you about the time that I tied up a girl in the whiskey bathroom with Mick Mars guitar cable? Then I went to get some blow from Tommy Lee, forgot she was in there, and just left her there tied up. That's a crime. Yeah. And then he <laughs> said, like, I think Vince found her and everything was fine. <laughs> like, I like the use of think. I think everything was, I think everything was fine. Yeah. And he ends it with a wistful, ah, uh, to be in Motley Crue in 1981 in L.A. <laughs> Yes. There's a handful of people that can say that. Four. Yeah. That's a handful. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But yeah, like, what, what a mad anecdote. It's like, oh yeah, that time I accidentally sort of forcibly imprisoned someone. Yep. What a wild yeah. life I've had. Oh, uh, to kidnap someone. <laughs> oh, to be young. Uh, we've all done it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, actually, I've actually titled these things, I've titled them sex, drugs, rock and roll. So we're on to the drugs because this is just a fucking mad story. Great. So one of the sort of, um, I guess crescendo tales in the dirt by the way if anyone's planning on reading the dirt i'm gonna ruin it for you to be honest like throughout this episode so probably should have said that from the beginning okay um so one of the sort of crescendo moments is nikki six dying right uh, nikki six died um for two minutes oh yeah it's one of those yeah yeah um so it was i'm gonna read this sort of verbatim because it's a wicked fucking um mm. story after a night out scoring heroin and partying at the cat house and other spots, Nikki Six proceeds to overdose in Slash's room at the Franklin Plaza, just north of Sunset. Says Slash, I had already passed out when Nikki OD'd, but my girlfriend at the time managed to wake me up and get me in the shower. I was just, for some reason, really fucking belligerent and thrashing around until I finally sobered up and realized what had happened. The paramedics came in and they shot full of Nikki full of adrenaline and took him away. Just the idea of like Nikki Six is OD dead on the floor and he's just like, I don't want to get up. I don't want to get in the shower. I don't want to go Fuck to school. <laughs> Very much so. Put me in the shower. Oh, just like him like on the floor of the shower, just like sulking and the yeah. partner like spraying and like Shawshank. But then like having that moment of like, oh no, I should do something actually. Yeah. So, so have, you ever, have you ever been like really drunk the next day and been like up to antics and then like you have that sobering moment you're like, oh. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, but then like, Someone One of the die. world's biggest rock bands, guitarist, is a bassist, excuse me, is dead on the floor of your fucking yep. hotel room. Yep. Um, so, yeah, pretty wild. 
Um, yeah. So Six was declared Six. It sounds weird saying it's like yeah. it's just surname. By the way, Nikki Six stole the name Nikki Six off a musician that he knew when he was young, who he decided was unworthy of such a great name. Wow. Um, it was a guy he he personally knew <laughs> and was like, "That's a great name. You're not cool enough it's for it. Now. It's mine." And he fucking ran with it. Wow. Yeah. Um, so Nikki Six was declared dead for two full minutes before being revived by the adrenaline. Um, an experience which inspired the song Kickstart My Heart. Holy shit, of course. Yes. Um, good song, too. Uh, yeah. He said, you take someone who hasn't slept, who's been on the road for almost a year and whose heart is falling apart, mix that with heroin and pills and cocaine and tons of alcohol, and what happened kind of made sense. My body just gave out. Yeah. So after leaving the hospital the next day, uh, Nikki Six went home, shot up some more heroin. Of course he did. Fucking what? Yeah. Like... <laughs> so I don't want to sound like I'm condoning the use of heroin, but fuck, that's kind of metal. I mean, yeah, it's also a oh, sorry, ter- no, it's incredibly metal. Yeah, it's just a terrible idea. Fucking stupid. It's already fucking a maniac, yeah. obviously, but like, yeah. fuck, what a story. Yeah. Um, I just want to make it clear what our position is. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. So uh, a slightly sadder one that I'm going to talk about. Um, there's a, I believe they're a Finnish uh, band called uh, Hanoi Rocks. And, um, that rings a bell, but I don't think I've heard any of their stuff. So Hanoi Rocks were in town. They were just starting their tour mm. of the US. And just before it kicked off, they went to visit um, LA. Mm-hmm. It's where the scene lives and dies, yeah. you know. Um, and they were partying with Motley Crue. They were also partying with um, a, a sort of really famous, an insanely famous music producer who had just... He basically produced some of the top albums of the last sort of 10 years. Right. And I, for the love of me, forgot to wrote, write that down, yeah, write okay. his name down, what the <laughs> albums were. But he was like top dog in the music industry in LA right. at the time. And um, they want, basically wanted to make sure that like Hanoi Rocks and this music producer were having a good time. Mm. So this um, it's a Motley Crue party anyway. So they're already going to be cool. Yeah. And then he's like, we want to turn it up to 11. They got all the girls there. They got the music playing. They got got all the drugs and stuff like that. They run out of beer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, like, they start to, like, well, shit. This but is it, But kinda... it's also, what, American beer. So it's probably, like, not even worth bothering about, right? Sure. Well, it's all about crushing beers. and I don't know. I don't really have anything. Um, it's going to make some foul pejorative thing. But, you know. Anyway. So, like, what do they do? Uh, bear in mind, they're already off their fucking heads. Vince Neil's like, I'll go get some more. Mm-hmm. Jumps in his um, what's called in the US a Ford Pantera, which we know is a, a De Tomaso Pantera. It's a big three point five liter V eight sports car. It was the it was oh. the Ford answer to Lamborghini, Ferrari, and Porsche, basically. Oh, okay. I don't um, know if I've ever seen one of those. It's a beautiful car, okay. like a genuinely stunning car. Hmm. Uh, it's a very powerful car. It's like three hundred fifty brake horsepower, which in the late eighties was it's it's a, a decent whack, yeah. you know. Um, he jumps in the car and uh, Razzle Dingley. Which is no. the least Finnish name in the world. No way. From Hanoi Rocks. No way that's someone's name. Yeah. Um, is that a stage name? I kind of assume so. I think he was a drummer from Hanoi Rocks. Part of me wants it to be an actual, like, birth name. Think about will it. Name it's this almost child. certainly a stage name. What am I talking about? <laughs> we will name this child Razzle. Well, I also and like that he's finished. got such a Middle England surname. Dingley. Dingley. <laughs> it's like, if he hadn't been called Razzle, he would have been a chartered accountant. It's like Razzle, D- no, not Razzle Dazzle, Razzle Dingley. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they say in Finnish. They don't say like Razzle Dazzle. Like, it's like, we were talking about how animals make different noises in different languages. Yes, it is exactly like that. Razzle- Give them the old Razzle Dingley. That was my finish. That's your finish? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, so they're like, all right, let's jump in. Let's get, um, let's get, let's get some more beer. 
him and Razzle Dingley take off. It's 25 mile an hour limit around where they are. He's going like 65 miles an hour. So like 100 yeah. and 110 kilometers yeah. an hour. Yeah, yeah. They're speeding through the streets and they're fucking off their heads. So at the same time as they're doing this, Mick Mars uh, is in the apartment and he's like out on the beach and he's like, I'm just going to go and walk into the ocean. It's like, he can't swim. He's clothed. He's drunk as fuck. <laughs> and he's been taking loads of pills and heroin and coke. And he's like, I'm just going to walk into the ocean. I'm just going to walk into the ocean. Um, he washed up on the shore the next morning. Oh. Completely unscathed. What? I, 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 the way that I heard this story is sure. that this was happening at the same time. I'm not certain that it was. but So he, he's done this. Um, at the same time, they're driving through the streets off their tits, going to get some more beer. And then suddenly, uh, Vince Neil kind of looks up, which is where you should be looking when you're driving, yeah. and sees headlights. Uh-huh. At which point it's far too late. Yeah. He's fine. Razzle Dingley dies. Oh. He fucking drink drives, smashes into a uh, Volkswagen of some description. Mm. And I think, I don't think anyone in that car died. Okay. He fucking kills Razzle Dingley. He blows a 0.17. So he's like four times over the legal limit. Yeah. Um, which actually, think about it. 0.17 is not... I mean, it's pretty drunk. Yeah. But I feel like it's not that drunk. Well, the the limit in Australia now is 0.05. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't know how that feels to be exactly 0.05, but like... 600 drinks, apparently. But like 0.17 is triple that. Mm. I'd like to get a, a, a you know? breathalyzer just to sort of see what what's what. If you need to buy a breathalyzer, you need to have a different conversation with yourself. No, I'm just curious. Are you just doing it for fun? Yeah. yeah no, I don't... I don't I, <laughs> I don't drink drive. I just like, like, let's see who can blow the highest. That's a problem. <laughs> that wasn't part of it. Anyway. Um, so yeah, he kills Razzle Dingley. He pays $2.1 million in fines, uh, which is a shitload of money. What, what was like, what were the fines or is that just uh, like dangerous him? driving? Yeah. But like, that's just him avoiding jail time. He did 30 days in a, um, yeah, in a jail, right. but okay. it was like, um, they described it as a country club masquerading as a jail. Right. It was like one of those proper like, like white middle class yeah. jails, yeah, uh, for you know white collar crime. Yeah. He fucking he killed a man. Yeah, and he did thirty days in jail for it. Yeah, and then came out and didn't get his life together at all because it's Vince Neil from Molly Crew. Yeah, so that's absolutely fucked. So yeah. we've had, uh, God, I've forgotten his goddamn name again. Mick Mars. Mick Mars. I keep wanting to call him Mark. Mick Mars wanders into the ocean just to sort of do it. And wakes up on the shore unscathed. Wait, you, you you say unscathed? Like he didn't die? No, he was fine. He fucking should have. Yeah, he woke. <laughs> he just woke up on the beach, like in the sun, the next morning, like oh drying God. out. Um, Nikki Six actually dies and comes back. Yeah. Spends twenty four hours in a hospital and then goes and shoots up more heroin. Jeez. Vince Neil literally killed someone with his driving. Did thirty days in a correctional facility. Jesus. <laughs> and paid a shitload of money in fines. At this point, like Tommy Lee. Is Marion? Are you, trying to, me, are you trying to tell me Tommy Lee is the good one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're the good one of Motley Crue, yeah, what does that say? Uh, not not oh, it's, much. It's the it's the best STI. Yeah, you haven't act- actively killed someone. Well, that's the other thing as well is they were having so much sex with so many people. Mm. They were all like, "How have we all managed to dodge AIDS?" Yeah, and they, they seemed- should just be disease vectors. Well, it seems like in the scene as well, like nobody seems to have died of AIDS. I mean, and I was looking through. That's and I, surprising. It's mad. Yeah. Um. So it's absolutely wild. 
Um, there's a story of um, of Nikki Six pulling up to a country club uh, in his um, some kind of car, muscle car of some kind. Mm. Uh, gets out and literally fucks his girlfriend on the bonnet of the car in the parking lot of this country club. Mm. And then there's just like a crowd around him just being like, yeah, go Nikki," And just like fucking watching him bang. And then he just rolls over, like comes, rolls over. Sorry, mom. Comes, <laughs> rolls over and just lays there and like has a cigarette with his dick and balls out in front of this country club. Great. Like just like so much like not giving a fuck. It was insane. Wow. Yeah. But again, none of them managed to get AIDS. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I guess that's the sex and the drugs element. I mean, there's a shitload more of it. They were all, always, always on drugs. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Um, the the parties were absolutely legendary. They had so at this time, like bands like Metallica and Slayer were really sort of hitting the scene hard. Yeah. And they were like creating thrash metal mm. in very similar surroundings. So they were in Southern California as yeah. well. Like. Realistically, like Bay, Bay Area was Metallica's kind of home ground, right? So yeah, right. Fair with, enough. I think. Let's go with yes. Yeah. You know more about Metallica than I do. But they fucking hated each other. Uh, oh, okay. it, like, unsurprisingly, the thrash did, metal was, guys did was, not like the heavy metal guys. Was there a time where Metallica and Motley Crue toured together and that was like really controversial for the time? I can believe or, it. Or problematic in some ways. Like, I feel like there was something. Well, Metallica hate each other now. Well, well so like. Yeah. So I can't imagine what it would have been like when they yeah. probably didn't like each other very much, but they hated Motley Crue more. It's like, what do we do? Yeah. Unite but, against a common evil. Yeah. <laughs> very much so. Is he anybody, uh, my friend? Who knows? Um, so, the, yeah, these two factions didn't get along. Um, and there's a, a great story from Lars Ulrich, who's in 1982, and um, uh, Motley Crue had just put out Too Fast for Love. Mm-hmm. And uh, one night... Uh, <clears throat> okay, so I mean, this is an Ulrich story, so... One night in front of the... I don't know where he's from. He's like Danish or something, isn't you he? just read it in your own voice because it's almost sounding like Sean Connery. But Why like, is my Dutch Sean Connery to you? Because of the way... And also, I just said he's Danish and then yeah. we're like, what's wrong with my Dutch? Because it comes out of your mouth sounding like Sean Connery. Dutch, how do Dutch people speak? <laughs> Sean Connery does not speak like this. I mean, he does a little. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Just read the quote. So one night... Out in front of the troubadour, we're standing there in our Iron Maiden shorts, which I think is a really funny sentence. Iron Maiden shorts, great. Um, In our Iron Maiden shorts, and after a couple of, you know, cold Schlitz malt liquors, it's like he's name-checking that to try and get sponsorship. Yeah. Uh, Hashtag ad. Fucking old. Want to go fucking Sue Napster again? (laughs) Get to the Greek reference. It's really good. Um, uh, uh, We saw Nikki and... I need the accent again. We saw Nikki and Tommy uh, from Motley Crue, and it was like... Hey, fuck Motley Crue. And I remember Nikki started chasing after me. And the one thing I could do, all five foot six of me, is run faster than he could in 16-inch platform boots. So I love this idea of the thrash metal guys are like, yeah, fuck Motley Crue. And Nikki's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And he's like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and starts I'm, I'm running. Gonna, I'm going to chase you in giant boots. Yeah. I just love the idea that he's like such a hard man until like Nikki Six, this waifish teenager heroin addict, is yeah. just like, I can get you. He's like, ah. Yeah, Lars Ulrich, noted small man. Yeah. <laughs> That was all right. Noted pussy. <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. Like, good story of him just being like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so one night after partying at the Rainbow, Nikki Six, Vince Neil, um, and then uh, Nikki Six's then girlfriend, Lita Ford, um, they were accosted by a group of bikers um, who also clearly not Motley Crue fans. Mm-hmm. And soon, like, a brawl ensues and cops start to arrive on the scene. And... Um, Nikki said that he was so busy fighting for his life that he didn't even notice the cops. 
and he just saw this guy running towards him with a mean look on his face and he fucking hit him with a chain which like first of all where's the chain come from Nikki? Yeah. like what, what's going on distractions kind of guy that just carries a chain probably a necklace at some point yeah, yeah. and he's like hit the hit the guy with the chain and then realized it was a cop and he was like oh no they beat the shit out of him um what, the cop yeah the cops just nailed Nikki Six. Oh, I think the other way around. They were like, oh, "That's a cop." Oh, well, we might as well continue. No. So Nikki Six hits his cop with the chain. All the cops are just like, "Excuse me, <laughs> what?" <laughs> um, beat the absolute shit out of him. Um, took him to jail. Um, and then Nikki, in typical Nikki Six style of a horrible experience, uh, penned the song. Knock him dead, kid, about the incident. Oh. So he just like, everything that happens to him, he's like, hmm, should write a song about that? It's like paid off for them pretty well. It's yeah. pretty cool. Um, so uh, 1989, flash forward, Guns N' Roses are filming a video for Appetite to Destruction's tracks It's So Easy mm-hmm. uh, at a place called The Cat House, which is a strip club. So um, Axel's girlfriend, Evan, Erin Erin Everly, is decked out in bondage gear, and uh, like is is there in the show and all that sort of stuff during the shoot. Uh, who turns up but a drunk as fuck, David Bowie. Amazing. Yeah. Um, who then like starts hitting on her because it's David fucking Bowie. Yeah. Um, and then at the time he was in a band called Tin Machine. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, in an interview with Yahoo, just... Uh, Axel apparently caught him hitting on him, chased him down the street. I don't know what the hell's going on down Sunset Strip, like just yeah. loads of metal bands chasing, chasing other people. Um, just screaming, I'm going to kill you, Tin Man! Because <laughs> he was in this band <laughs> Tin Machine at David Bowie, who I assume they're both like staggering off in platform heels, yeah. like struggling. Just like, what a fucking weird no, existence it's, it's this e- was. Axel Rose in his like tidy whitey days. Yeah. <laughs> just running down the street in his underwear. Screaming, I'm going to kill you, Tin Man, yeah. to David Bowie. <laughs> Uh, but like they, they, so they loved uh, strip clubs. Quite unsurprisingly, there's mm-hmm. a Motley Crue uh, stripper anthem they put it as called "Girls, Girls, Girls." Yep. Um, and the two clubs that they name check in the song are actually on the Sunset Strip. There's the Body Shop and the Seventh Vale. And mm-hmm. when they filmed the video for the song, Motley like rocked up, ready to film the video at the Body Shop. Mm. Found out that the Body Shop had a no alcohol policy. So they were just like, well, fuck this. We'll film at the other one then. Yeah. So they just hightailed it to the other one, dragged all their gear there and filmed there so they could get blitzed while they did it. Wow. Like, absolutely Amazing. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's, that's some of the legendary partying. Yeah. And now we're getting on to a little bit more of a grim one. Uh, it turns out a lot of people died. A lot of them. I'm not surprised. Yeah. So, it sounds like a lot of them should have yeah, uh, mostly things like heart failure from drug overdose, yeah. uh, some suicides, some a lot of car accidents, stuff like that. Yeah. I looked up, there was like quite a lot of lists of like top 10 metal deaths in the 80s and stuff like that. So I don't want to go into too many, but like, just to give you a couple of names, Cliff Burton of Metallica, Steve yeah. Clark of Def Leppard, Tony Destro of Cinderella, Chris Slosshart of the Sea Hags, which is a fucking great name for a band. Sea Hags. Um, Dingley of Hanoi Rocks and Randy Rhodes of Quiet Riot. All died at the height of the scene. Randy, just through... Randy Rhodes also in Ozzy Osbourne's band at one point. Yes, yeah, he was. Um, yeah, all just died under auspicious circumstances surrounding the metal scene. Yeah, like well, Cliff, there was also a Cliff lot Burton more. Was like their tour bus crashed, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, like the the the. Uh, I think the implication was that there was probably a lot of drugs and alcohol involved in the crash. I, I would have assumed that they had like somebody driving the bus as part of the tour. Yes. And maybe that person was sober. 
I don't think that. Oh, no. no, I think no. the implication was that they weren't. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it kind of, I, I, from what I read, it was kind of like never quite established sure. sort of thing. Yep. So it's like, ah, oh, interesting. Yeah. We decided to forego the breathalyzer. I bet yeah. you did. Um, oh, it's been too long. They're already sober. Whoops. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can see it's pretty dangerous scene to be part of. Yeah. Um, pretty wild, though. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of want to finish on um, Wasp. Okay. Just because Wasp were mental. Mm-hmm. Um, their lead singer, Blackie Lawless, um, he upped their live game pretty hard. Uh, the, the scene's live game. Also, Blackie Lawless, great name. Yeah. Uh, don't know, it's probably a, a stage name. That's Lucy Lawless's father. <laughs> Wait a minute, Xena can't fly. I told you before, I'm Lucy Lawless. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so he really liked to up their game, which I told you, like, you know, he used to do some pretty wild stuff. Um, at the band's second ever gig, mm-hmm. uh, they were at the Troubadour, which is another club, uh, which isn't on the Strip. It's a few miles west in uh, uh, Santa Monica Boulevard, but, you know, it's all kind of the same area. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second ever gig, and he's like, well, got a new gimmick. Just started hurling raw meat at the audience. <laughs> what? Yeah. So he claims that the inspiration for the stunt was from hearing about a form of 60s experimental theater called psychodrama. And he was like, yeah, I'm into that big time. Um, he really started to add to that psychodrama, uh, psycho part of the drama by drinking real blood collected from the same raw meat uh, on stage, torturing a naked woman on a rack. Uh, this is not all the same show, but like at later shows, he would do all of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, probably my favorite thing of all, uh, he obviously like all the mad outfits and stuff going on. Mm-hmm. This is the crescendo. Blackie Lawless decided that the best way to up this whole thing was to attach a 12-inch round saw blade to a codpiece mm. and wear that. And during his shows, he would like grind stuff on it and just like fire sparks into the audience and oh shit like that. Oh my God. Just absolute madman yes but uh yeah so that's that's wasp and wow. that's motley crew that's glam metal uh, wow oh um, what a journey what a journey uh as well as the um some of the sources i referenced there was a website i was looking at the one with all the death charts uh, like, statistics like and stuff yeah there was a um there's a page on that so you know how most websites will have a header they have yep. the, the headline, then they have like the top parts of the website. News, sure. reviews, yeah, yeah. etc. Yeah. So it's like news, shop, FAQ, penis chart, about, like, excuse me. Yeah, go back. What was that last one? About. About. No, 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 before that. Before that. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we're on the same page there. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, I've got to look at the penis chart. It was a anecdotal <laughs> um, rundown of all of the different cocks of guys in the metal scene. And it was 90% glam metal guys. Yeah. Um, their sizes, what they like to do in bed, oh. what they're like as a lover, from different anecdotes from different various groupies, people that have uh-huh. been married to stuff like that. I read about 15 before I was like, I don't need yeah. to yeah. do any of this. No. But yeah, so if you're interested, maybe I'll put that on the um, on the socials. We're not going to do that. I'll go. Um, <laughs> there's no photos you'd be pleased to hear. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> I'll Draw diagrams. Don't do that. Oh my God. A graph. Like a bar graph. (laughs) Come on. But all the the bars are dicks.
Yeah. 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 <laughs> or just each bar is just a pink block, but uh, with like veins. Uh, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> Any thoughts on the glam metal scene? Um, yeah, as someone who's been into the music for, well, not all of it, but like a, a bit of it. Like, yeah. um, some of that stuff I was familiar with, some of it is like another sort of like step beyond mm. what I already knew. And it, it's it's all wild shit. Oh yeah, I'd like to add as well that scratching the surface there. Oh yeah, like it was. This is just the stuff that's been reported. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's just the stuff that was reported in one podcast and one yeah. article on Wikipedia. Like, yeah. fuck, like I feel like I need to read the dirt. Apparently, it's brilliant. Yeah, like, but also like I'm gonna sit and read it and drink some Jack Daniels just to like really embody it. It's yeah. got a bottle of like Jack Daniels on the front cover. Just and stuff. get in the mood. Yeah, man. Yeah, like I do. Run, I, run yourself a bath. Pour some Jack Daniels. <laughs> Just really get that. They're really in the mood. Yeah, really dissonant. Drink alone in the bath, but like the bath is empty and there's lots of women around. That's the mood. Yeah. Big mood. Um, <laughs> no, it's... Um, I got to say, like I say, I was never into that scene and never mm. into that music, but reading this and like listening to it and like looking at the pictures yeah. and stuff, I'm like, fuck, it was pretty cool. Like I've got a little <laughs> bit of a desire to like... Buy a bunch of leather. Yeah, I was thinking about whether or not I could pull off leather trousers yesterday. I mean, it would be a bit of work. The thing is, I wear a lot of black skinny jeans, mm. but I'm a large dude. Mm. Like, I can just about get away with black skinny jeans. But also a lot of, like, skinny jeans have, like, elastic built into the fiber. Oh, I, I just meant more that, like, it's quite, um, not a confronting look. That's, that, that's quite dis- dismissive. Mm. But, like, it's pretty, in like, the, the, I've got, I, I work out. Um, yeah. So I've got, like, quite thick legs. legs. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's, it's yeah, it's pretty intense. I don't want to, yeah. like, one of those bodybuilder guys that just wears insanely tight like spandexy yeah, yeah, yeah. jeans you can't exactly get like baggy leather pants because that's not a good look either yeah no unless no. I, unless i want to look like gene simmons now yeah or um or i'm a motorbiker that's mm. not the right word motorcyclist yes motorbiker <laughs> bikey yes um yeah so i uh, guess the point was kind of kind of a little bit enamored with glam metal now yeah it's yeah, pretty sweet yeah any 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 closing remarks for this deposition? Um, no, I'm I'm still taking everything in. Uh, it was it was a lot. I was still tasting it for some reason. Speaking I mean, of tasting the beer was pretty decent. Yeah. Again, you fucking nailed it. Yeah, because this happens every time I'm I'm leading the podcast. I mean, it goes the other way too. When I'm doing the story, you're usually the one that finishes the beer first. Yeah, it's true. But like you always absolutely demolish it. Well, I mean, it was... It You've was, been getting thirsty because I'm always late. You know what? It was a tasty beverage and I enjoyed my time with it. Mm. And I put all of it in my mouth. Are you referencing their podcast again? No. No. I was, I was looking down at their... Uh, okay, so looking down at the Cruel and Unusual podcast, Cruel Pod uh, beer mats that they left us, mm. and I'm looking down, and I thought it was a what did you put in your mouth moment, and I was like, don't don't, don't keep plugging their podcast on our podcast. <laughs> no, I just, I really like the sentence, I'm going to put this in my mouth now when I'm just talking about eating or drinking something. Fair enough. <laughs> Can we start um, running adverts for other podcasts? I mean, I guess. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Like, just other podcasts that we like. <laughs> Ask them to do the same. And they're just like, they no. Won't. No, that's not how, that's how it works. <laughs> no. Like some podcasts that I like that has finished. It's yeah. like, can you retroactively insert adverts for our yeah, podcast yeah. then? No. No, it's like, you've already done the advertisement. Like, we, we don't need to do anything. That's <laughs> 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 how this works. This is a sign of goodwill. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Nah. That was glam metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the sex, the drugs, the rock and roll, the dirt, the filth, the disgust, the excess, the decadence, the degradation, and the... Defenestration. Defenestration and the inevitable deaths. Yes. Um, but even then, like, a small percentage of all of those. Yeah, very surprising. Um, 
Yeah, cool. Well, um, I hope that was as entertaining for, entertaining for you as it was for me. It's been a real journey in my brain. Look, to yeah, be honest. like it's I came in thinking like, yeah, we're going to talk about this music that I like, and then oh, like a little bit. Oh no, oh what what is happening? No, oh god. All right, cool. Well, this has been flagrantly um, uh, ignoring copyright IP laws, mm. and we've been hey brew. I'm uh, and uh, you want to talk about the social media stuff uh, before yeah. you fucking exit this podcast? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I think I should really get a copy of the running order. <laughs> I know, but it's right here in front I just of me. Never think to would look you at like it. to look? It's been up the entire It would have been time. pretty handy throughout. All right, so Mike, uh, if, <laughs> if, for example, hypothetically, people wanted to, um, what did I threaten to put on there earlier? If someone wanted to see the dick chart, oh, um, <laughs> where might they find us on social media? Well, I don't know. You haven't told me where that website is, but if you want to find, no, I'm going to post it. Okay, if you want, <laughs> if you want to find us on the internet. Uh, you can find us across Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where the username there is Hebrew Podcast, all one word. Uh, if you'd like to send us a more personalized message of your own, uh, our email address is hello at heybrew.zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the website, of course, being heybrew.zone as well. Um, that's where you'll find, obviously, all the episodes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as subscription links if you want to go and uh, give us a follow uh, on any of your podcast apps yeah. rss readers uh those sorts of things i'd like to add and i feel a bit cheap doing this sort mm. of but um if you do like it and you listen on apple podcasts mm. please give us a rate yes. and a um a like i don't know it's it's mainly just the reviews i think review which, that's what i'm looking yeah, for yeah I, I, I i keep forgetting to mention that myself uh but it as much as i wish it didn't it still is pretty a pretty big cornerstone of what podcasts use to get successful yeah and we don't anticipate this is ever going to pay any bills but i mean it, it would might. be fun to keep doing it because people like it and people are discovering it yeah so if you can help us to be spread the word popular yeah. that'd be great <laughs> yeah so spread the word talk to your friends about it talk to your friends about hey brew talk mm. to your doctor about hey brew <laughs> your doctor's going to be pretty disappointed with us um yeah it's not good health advice <laughs> we're going to start having to have a disclaimer that advice in this podcast is general in nature please consult your doctor especially for this episode yeah it's a really good point <laughs> i think at one point i was like yeah heroin how cool yeah all of this stuff fucking wicked no don't do any of this it's dangerous <laughs> who'd have thunk it yeah all right well, i think that probably is the definitive end of, yeah. uh, with us saying don't do heroin yes just good advice yeah do you want to like actually end this episode now yeah yeah okay um <laughs> This has been Hey Brew episode 11 uh, about glam metal. That's not how I end it ever, but this has been Hey Brew. I've been Elliot. I've been Mike. Cheers. Mm, Cheer. Cheer. Macron. Emmanuel Macron. Yes. (laughs) Macaroon. (laughs) That's not the same. (laughs) One is a delicious thing and the other is a French prime minister. Uh Wait.